Chapter 7 of Tad Coon's Great Adventure. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. Tad Coon's Great Adventure by John Breck. Tad Coon Goes Back to Prison. Everybody looked serious when Stripes Skunk explained that all the houses and barns and sheds on a farm were traps to catch the things who lived in them. Even Dr. Muskrat didn't know any better than to believe him, nor Chatter Squirrel, nor Jake the Jay, nor Tad Coon. But Nibble Rabbit pulled down his ear with his paw and licked the end of it very thoughtfully. The cows aren't trapped, he said. The white cow said that the cows lived in those barns because they made a compact with man. They give him milk and he feeds them and keeps the wolves from killing them. But there aren't any more wolves, argued Dr. Muskrat. The cows don't know that, said Nibble. They thought Silverstrip the fox was a wolf. They were terribly excited about him. My, but you ought to have seen Silk Ears. She began sitting up straight and putting her fur in order. She felt so vain because Nibble seemed to know all about everything. And you ought to have seen Tad Coon's eyes sparkle again. Those big cages, barns, you call them, do you, Nibble? Can't all be traps? The rats scuttle in and out of them. But you're bigger than the rats, said Stripes. He still felt scary. But I'm not any bigger than Louis Thompson, Tad argued, and I'm not nearly as big. I can use his hole. Of course, he meant the cellar door, and I've just got to catch that mean old rat. He said he'd eat me, he did. Guess I'll show him who's going to do the eating. So... Off waddled the smarty coon. He sneaked round behind the woodpile and scuttled down into the cellar when nobody was looking. There was his cage, just the way he'd left it that morning. He climbed in and lay down. It grew darker and darker. Pitter-patter sounded the feet of the scuttling mice. Then came the sound he was listening for, the scritchy scratch of the rat's claws on the cellar door. Hey, you coon, called the rat. He wanted to be sure Tad wasn't out of that cage, hiding in some corner ready to pounce on him. Tad didn't answer, so the rat ran up a pipe and crept along until he could peek through the darkness. 
Tad could hear him sniffing. Are you ready for the rubbish pile already? he asked. Still, Tad didn't say anything. Thump! He landed on top of the cage. He felt the door was open. He crept in. Bounce! Bite! Screech! That was the end of Mr. Rat. Bang! went the door. Tad was locked in again. Poor Tad. Boom! That's what always happened to Tad. Every time he played a smarty trick on somebody, it was sure to come back on him. Tad Coon made some noise, I can tell you, when he caught that rat down in his jangly old cage, and the cage door made some more when it fell down and locked Tad in, and Tad made more yet, shaking the bars, trying to get out again. Louis Thompson's family was getting ready to go to bed, his father growled, If that beast in the cellar makes any more noise, I'll go down there and kill him. Louis didn't answer. He didn't dare to argue. Besides, he didn't believe it was really Tad. He'd let him go just that morning. Louis's mother asked, Louis, did you remember to feed that coon? No, ma'am, said Louie. Well, then, you can pick some scraps out of the pig's tail to give him, she said. She didn't dare offer him anything else because his father was listening. Do you think Louie would do that? I guess not. He'd learn something that afternoon. Tommy Peel showed him how nice, sweet roasting ears of fresh corn were that you ought to feed a cone. He just pretended to pick up something and then sneaked down to listen. A cone was there all right enough. He could hear him. You just ought to have heard Louie then. His bare feet went pat-pat-patting over to his father's cornfield. Then they came pat-pat-patting back again. Pat-pat they went on the cellar floor, and Tad could smell the nice sweet corn. There, said Louie in a happy voice, I guess you'll be glad you came back again. And he poked the corn into the cage. Oh! I thought you hated me. I do want you to like me, you nice coon. Was this the cross little boy who snapped and snarled at him? Tad just couldn't believe his ears. He stopped eating to listen. I will be good to you. Deed, I will, if you'll only be tame. Louie was singing in this brand new voice. Tad poked his nose through his bars and sniffed at him. Then he took hold of his door in his handy paws and shook it 
until the cellar echoed with its jangly noise. Don't, don't, begged Louie. My pa will hear you. But Tad wanted to be let out. He went on shaking. Ah, what's the use of locking you up? You'll come back to me anyhow, said Louie at last. He reached for the door, and Tad's little handy paw caught hold of his finger. But he didn't jerk it away, because this wasn't a snappy, snarly coon. This cunning little fellow didn't bite him any more than he'd bite Tommy Peel. He opened the door. Thump went Tad on the floor, but this time he didn't try to run. He was too busy examining Louis Thompson. He twitched Louis's trousers, and he felt of Louis's toes, and his curious little handy paws were so tickly they set Louis giggling. Louis's mother finished sweeping out her kitchen. She was all ready to go to bed now, except for one thing. It's kind of funny, she said to herself. I haven't seen Louie since I sent him down cellar to feed his coon. So she took the lamp and started down the stairs, using the broom for a cane, because it came in so handy when she felt tired and stiff. On the fourth step, she stopped to listen. That was a queer sound. There it was again. She smiled herself. For what she heard was Louie giggling because Tad Coon's handy paws tickled him. Tad was examining him to see if he carried a bug in his pocket like Tommy Peel. Nobody could convince Tad that Tommy's noisy, ticky watch wasn't a bug. The lamp cast a light on the cellar floor, and Tad saw a mouse. He whisked around and caught it. There, now he could see a pile of green sacks where he knew there was a whole family of them. He didn't stop to think where the light was coming from. He got used to light and noises while Louis kept him locked up in that awful cage. He used to hate the cellar, too. Now that he was free, he thought it was fun, the loveliest sort of a place to go hunting in. You'd better believe he and Louis had those grain sacks flying. Louis Thompson, said his mother, whatever are you doing? My coon's catching a mouse, laughed Louis. Oh, ma, he's tame. I let him go this morning, and he came right back again. Of course, Tad came back to get even with that mean old rat who plagued him while he was starving in his prison. But Louis didn't guess that. Shish, Ma, he said, hold your light so's he can see. Look, he's caught another. Good land, exclaimed his mother 
again. He's smarter than a cat. I wish he'd come up and clean a few out of my kitchen. Just then, clump, clump, came Louie's father down the stairs. Even Tad could tell he was angry by the way he was stamping. You know coons and skunks and bunnies even do it too. He guessed it was time to be going. What does all that racket mean? shouted Louie's father. I told you I'd kill that beast if I heard any more from him. Now I'm going to do it. And he snatched the broom from his wife's hand. He wanted to use it for a club. Then he looked in the cage. He didn't see any coon, but he did see the corn Louie had brought for him. What do you mean, he roared, raking off my corn for your beast? I told you to leave my brain strictly alone. Now I'll give you a licking you won't forget. Where's that brute gone? Tad was sneaking around behind him in the dark shadows. Whack! The broomstick just missed him as he bounced out the cellar door. Whack! Whack! It came down on Louis Thompson's shoulders. Out of the cellar door he bolted, too, and raced after Tad Croom. End of chapter 7